Well, what's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. How are you doing today? Good? Hey, I want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Colby. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time coming to Elevate Church, you're like, is his voice always that sexy and raspy? Um, it's always sexy, but it's not always as raspy, all right? So I'm working through some stuff, but I want to welcome you. I'm super excited to be kicking off the brand new year with you, 2019. How many of you are ready to run into 2019? Like, come on. We all have expectations maybe for things to be a little different this year. Maybe we have hopes, maybe we have dreams and goals. There are, if you're like me, the beginning of the year is a, is a, a great time for a fresh start. It's a great time for a, a new beginning for some things to change. And I'm believing that this is going to be the best year of my life. I'm believing this is going to be the best year of your life as well. Anybody believe that? Come on. Let's go. I think that we're going to look back on 2019 and we're going to be blown away at all that God has done in our lives. And so I can't wait to see what's going to happen and we're going to kick it off uh, with, with this new series in this new year that's kind of going to set us up for the rest of the year. This is what Aristotle said. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. How many of you know that? You are the sum total of your disciplines. You are the sum total of the habits that you have in your life. It's been said that we form habits and then our habits form us. We're repeatedly, we are those things that we repeatedly do. And I wanna help us start out the brand new year with some new habits, some new disciplines because we all have changes that we would like to make. And although we have hopes, right, for a new you, maybe in this new year, um, hope is not a great strategy. Hope can get you started, but it's not going to keep you going. It's not going to see you through. We need something different. We need some habits and some disciplines in our lives to get us there, to see the life change that we all are looking for. I don't know if you realize this about this church or not, but our heart really is to take you on this journey to seeing your life changed to seeing God work in such a way in your life that it transforms your life. Our, our mission statement is to see people reach their full potential. And so we believe it's a process, and this is the way that we say it. Go all in all year. Like, give us a year where you run the playbook, right? You do everything. You get involved uh, in a group. You get involved in crash course. You get on a serve team. You do outreach projects and ministry. You, you get involved, go all in all year, and I guarantee you at the end of the year, your life will look different. God's gonna do some amazing things in your life. Now, all this stuff that I'm talking about isn't easy, Right, that's the thing about change. That's the thing about resolutions and goals. They're not easy. If it was easy, we wouldn't need to do it, right? If it was easy, no one would be double-fisting Twinkies in the middle of the night, all right? So it's not easy. And for the most part, our lives, my life at least, uh, the habits that I have have been the path of least resistance, right? Right? Because it's easy to eat chocolate chip cookies, it's harder to eat cauliflower, right? You know what I'm saying? It's the path of least resistance. So that's what we often do. We have these hopes for a new you in a new year, but we take the path of least resistance and hope that something's going to change in our life. But it's challenging. That's why I want you to jot this down. Everything worthwhile is found on the road of most resistance, not, not least resistance, 
the more resistance that, that you have, right, sometimes the greater the reward. And what we often do is take that path of least resistance, especially when it comes to disciplines and habits that we have in our life. And it's easy for us to fall into that. But if you want to see a new you in a new year, you have to first develop some habits that will get us there. And they're difficult and they're challenging, but here's the good news, everybody. God wants to help. That I believe God wants us to, to get to where he has planned for us as we take steps towards the principles that are outlined in his word. So I promise you, as we do that, our lives will change. Now, here's my challenge to you. At the beginning of this year, at the beginning of this series, stop the excuses. Like, let's can the excuses. Because I know you walk through these doors and some of you are like, man, I don't even do resolutions anymore, Colby. And the reason I don't do resolutions is because I would be doing the same resolutions this year that I had last year, right? Because this is the way it's always gonna be. This is who I am. You know, woe is me, doom and gloom, despair, despair, despair. All right, if that's you today, knock, knock. Come on, knock, knock. Boo. Right? Boo-hoo, stop whining. Let's go. Come on, let's stop the excuses. Why not? Why not want God's best for your life this year? Why not think that things can be different? Why not have a little hope for something better? Like, why not? So I know it's challenging, and I know this is going to be difficult, but I believe that God wants us to get there. I believe God wants us to be the best version of ourselves and to become the people that he's called us to be at the end of this, this year, or at least begin this, this process. Uh, in order to get there, though, you need three things to take with you. I want you to jot these down. The first thing you will need is a new hope. Now, again, hope is a terrible strategy, but it's a great catalyst. It's a great start. In a new year, that's what we see in front of us. We have this, this opportunity, right, for things to change. And the reality is some of you have just lost hope. You walk through these doors hopeless. You're like, nothing can change in my life, Colby. My marriage can't change. It's never going to be restored. Uh, my finances are broken beyond repair. My, maybe my emotions, you know, are, are, are broken. You might even say, Colby, I don't, have, I don't have hope because of my past. Because the things in my past don't let me move forward in my life. Well, if that's you today, I have four words for you. As you begin 2019, here's your four words. If you only knew. If you only knew. And I know you have struggles. I know you have some bad habits and disciplines in place. I do too. But if you only knew, what do you mean, Colby? I was reading the story of, of Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. It was one of the few times his disciples left him. They went into town to get some eat, get something to eat. I think they had some street tacos or I don't know what they were getting. Um, I love a good street taco though, by the way. But they went into town and Jesus was left uh, in this, this particular region that Jews don't really travel through. And so he's at this well, and there's this woman there, and he engages her in conversation. And he asks her for a drink of water, and right off the, the bat, this woman's like, why are you talking to me? Number one, I'm a Samaritan. Number two, I'm a woman. And you didn't do that. So immediately we see Jesus smashing gender barriers, smashing these racial barriers. And he engages her in this conversation, and he says, hey, are you married? And she's like, uh, starts to backpedal, you know, kind of, he's reading her mail at this moment. And she's like, well, actually five times. And Jesus is like, ah, not five, really, like six. And the guy you're shacking up with right now, he's no good either. But on this day, hey, don't miss this, she met the seventh guy. 
the guy that's gonna change her life radically, the guy that wants to do something different in her heart. And I think up until this point, this woman didn't have a lot of hope for change. Like she had had some bad experiences. She'd had some bad habits in her life. And so I, I, want, I want to read this statement to you because I'm just, I want to give you a little hope as we go into this new year. This is what Jesus tells her in John 4.10 because I believe if he can do it for her, he can do it for us. Jesus replied, if you only knew. Hey, look at me. If you only knew the life that he has for you. If you only knew that he's got something better in mind than what you're experiencing right now, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, he says, and I will give you living water. And I want to say that to someone in this room today. Hey, if you only knew that God wants more for your life than maybe you even want for your life, if you only knew that he can pick up those pieces of your past and redeem them for the promises that he has for your future, if you only knew. And I look around this room and I see, I see people and I see stories of their lives from where God has taken them. And see, part of the, the joy that I have in my job is I get to go on this journey with you. Like I, I, get, to, I get to see the before and after you. I get to see the, the you that you are becoming, right, in a year. And as I look around this room, I see stories that I'm telling you, if you only knew where some people in this room have been and what God's brought them out of. I'm thinking of, of a guy uh, who, who's been addicted to drugs and alcohol most of his life. He would tell you that he should be in prison. In fact, he'd tell you he should be dead right now. But God got a hold of his heart and said, hey man, if you only knew that I have something more for you. And now what he's doing is helping others who are stuck in bondages of drug and alcohol addiction. So if you only knew and it starts with this, this new hope that we have to have as we enter into this new year. If you only knew, if you only knew the generosity of your God, if you only knew that he has some living water that he wants to give you, if you only knew that he wants you to travel down a different road and he wants to do some amazing things in your life, if you only knew who he is, he says you'd be asking him to take you on this, this journey. I just need you to have a little hope as we begin, as we run into 2019, as we punch 2019 in the face, right? Just a little hope to start it out. You know this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. Which you might not know, this was written to the Israelites when they were in exile, right? And during a time they were in bondage. He says, I still have plans for you. Some of you, you're there, you're living in bondage. And God says, I still have plans for you. If you only knew, I have plans for you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. I believe that. That God wants to take you on this journey to give you a new hope in this new year where you would just say, all right, maybe it didn't work out last year, but I'm gonna give it another shot. I have a new hope today. It has to start there. Here's the second thing you need to take with you on the journey. Write it down. A new direction. A new direction to go in. In fact, the word is repentance. Repentance from maybe some of the mistakes and the missteps that we've had in the past. You're going to need, in other words, to course correct some things. Now, I know when you see the word or hear the word repentance, right, uh, it's kind of a negative word for a lot of people. People think, well, repentance means I have to just be on my face just crying and, and wailing and moaning and so sorry. That's not the word. 
That's not the word repentance at all. The word means, right, I'm going in a different direction now. That I was headed down this path, but I've changed, and now I'm moving this way. That there's a path that I was going down, but I am course correcting and heading in a different direction. And here's the thing. All of us in this room, every single one of us, me included, have something in our life that we need to head a different direction in. There's something in your life. Don't tell me there isn't. That you need to say, hey, this year, I can't go that way. This year, I can't go that direction anymore. This year, that can't be a part of my life. For me, this year, Krispy Kreme, you can't be a part of my life. All right, I just can't do it. <laughs> like this year, right, I'm not headed that, that path anymore. You have to go a new direction. If you've ever known someone to go through recovery uh, or some kind of program, or, or you yourself have, maybe you've heard of this illustration that says, my life in five chapters. It goes like this. Chapter one, I went for a walk, and I fell into a deep, dark hole. And it took me a long, long time to climb out. Chapter two, I went for a walk, and I fell into that same deep, dark hole. And it took me a long, long time for me to climb out. Chapter three, I went for a walk. I saw the hole. I got too close to the hole, and I slipped in, and it took me a long, long time to get out. Chapter four, I went out for a walk, and I saw the hole, and I did my best to avoid the hole and walk around the hole and just try not to get too close to the hole, but I was living in the holes. Chapter five, five, I went a different street, right? I went down a different path. Come on, you guys, some of you in this room, yeah, you have resolved to be a four-chapter person. Where you're like, you know what? I don't want this in my life, but I'm still living among it. I'm still hanging out with it. You know, maybe you're in chapter one. I'm, I'm falling in. I can't, I'm trying my best to get out. I'm falling again. I'm trying my best to get out. Now I've learned some things, but I'm still getting too close to the edge of the hole where I still fall in because I'm putting myself in that place. Come on, I think this year we need a new direction. You got to go down a different road. You got to stop going down the same old path. What does that mean? That might mean there are some things in your life right now you can't do anymore. That you need to repent and you need to go a different way. And it begins right there. I got to stop going that way. This is, what, this is what Paul said. He said in Philippians 3, I haven't arrived at the place I want to be. He said, in fact, it kind of bothers me. I haven't yet taken hold of all that God has for me. But he says this one thing I do. I stop going that way. He says, I forget what's behind. So I stop going that direction. Instead, I, I go a completely different direction and I press on towards what's ahead. I go for a different goal. I go for a different path, a different road. I'm inviting you this year, go down a different path. Like go down a different direction, a new direction, and I guarantee it's going to help you get closer to the you you want to be in a year, all right? It's going to get you there. And that's why I say, man, just maybe you haven't run uh, the playbook and gone all in with serve teams and groups and crash course. Like just do it. Go a different direction. Give it a shot, and I promise you your life will look different. But you got to jumpstart this thing with new hope because I know you won't even start unless you believe God has something better for you, so you need a new hope. And then we all do, every single one of us, need to go 
down a different direction in our life in some area, something of our life, we have to repent from and move in a different way. Here's the third thing jotted down we're gonna do in this series. We're gonna form some new habits. Some new habits. And this is what's gonna take work for us, right? This is not, this is not going to be easy, but the good news is, is we have God on our side. Look at it with me, Romans chapter 12, verse two in the message says this, fix your attention on God. In other words, don't try to do this by yourself. Like, you got to get God involved in this process. Fix your attention on him. See, a lot of us, we enter into a new year, and we, we think, hey, if I change some things, then it's going to change me. And God says, that's not how it works. You'll be changed from the inside out. we got to change some things in here first, and you're going to need God's help to do it. He says, uh, readily recognize what God wants from me and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of maturity, immaturity uh, of maturity. God brings the best out of you, which is the goal, that he wants to take you on this journey to where he brings the best out of you into a well-formed maturity, have a well-formed maturity in you, where you look back over the, this year at the end of 2019 and say, you know what? I don't even recognize that person anymore because I'm different. I look different. I feel, I feel different. And so we're going to focus over the next uh, four weeks on these habits and what these habits are that we can put into our lives, these, these lanes that we can run. And I'm going to give you the first one today. If you want to jot this down, here's where it all starts. We have to focus on what I do first. This year I determined to focus on what I do first, on what's first in my life. What comes first? Uh, from cover to cover of God's word, there's this, this thread uh, that you find it everywhere, this principle of priority, that first things matter. This principle of, of, of putting the first in our life. In fact, I can say this, I can tell you more about you by what you do first than by anything else that you do. Because there's something powerful about what you do first. And not only does it reveal things about who you are, but it also has power associated with it, which we're going to discover over the next few weeks. So how do I do this? How do I focus on what's first? Here's the most important thing. You got to put God first. Like above all and in all, this is where it starts. Put God first. I promise you, if you just do this one thing, this will change your year. If you do this one thing in every area of your life, your year's gonna look different at the end of 2019. And I wanna say this, and I, this is not meant to be mean in any way, um, but if you would say God is in your life, but he's not first in your life, he's not really in your life. That's the reality of it. God refuses. He can't take, he can't accept any other position in your life then first, I'll say it this way, if God is on your list somewhere in your life, but he's not at the top of it, again, he's not on your list. Because God wants to be number one in your life. That's how he, he set it up, to have priority in our lives. And by the way, he gets to do that. Why does he get to do that? Because God gave us his first 
and his best. And in response, we were to give him our first and our best. He gave us his first in Jesus. He looked at us and said, hey, you're a priority to me. Here's how much of a priority you are. I'm gonna send my one and only son to die for you, to pay for all your sins, past, present, and future, right? And so he gave us his best. And get this, God always models for us what he expects from us. And so God gives us his first. He's saying, I want you to give me your first and your best. And if you put God first, I promise you, it will change your life. Um, And by the way, this is what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is not coming to church. Uh, Being a Christian is not being in a group. It's not getting on a serve team. It's not even serving people who are in need. That's really not what a Christian is. Being a Christian is when you reorder your life in such a way to reflect that God comes first. And that he knows it. And so a lot of us, I mean, here's the question for you. Is he first? Does your life reflect that God is first? That's why I think the first four words of the Bible says, in the beginning, God. If you would make that your motto this year, like in the beginning, God, like before I do anything and in everything, God, you come first. It's how he established it. In fact, the first of the 10 commandments, look at it with me. Exodus chapter 20 says, and God spoke these words. Here's commandment number one. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. In other words, I did something for you. I rescued you. I saved you. Here's what I'm asking in return. Don't you dare put anything else before me. And that little G gods means like possessions. It could mean um, loves, right? It could mean, you know, priorities. Is don't you dare put anything else before me. And it's not that God doesn't like you loving other things. He just doesn't want you to love something more than, than you love him. Like he wants to be that priority in your life. So that's how he set it up. And I'm encouraging you, man, make 2019. Mark by those words in your life. Like before I do anything, in the beginning, God, God first, God first, God first. Chloe, how, how do I do that? Here's how you do it. Jot it down. You put him first in everything. Like everything. Sometimes preachers bug me. Like, just, they just do bug me because I think a lot of times they'll, they'll use this as nothing but a financial kind of principle. And they'll say, um, and I don't even think they mean, you know, they're not meaning uh, anything bad by it. I think they have pure motives, but it's like, hey, man, if you give, we can build churches and we can do ministry and we can, you know, help people. And that's all great. And I think tithing and money is one of the things on the list. I don't even think it's the top thing on the list. Like I think when God asks us for everything, I think he wants us to look bigger than that and think, think larger than that. And I don't think we teach the tithe right. I think a lot of times we teach it as a budgeting kind of, of principle. But this is what the Bible says in Leviticus 20, 27. He says a tithe of what's that word? Everything. I don't just need a tithe of your money. I don't just need a tithe of of that. I need a tithe of your time. I need a tithe of your heart. I need a tithe of your thoughts. I want you to say, hey, everything that I have is because you gave me everything. So God, I'm gonna offer you my first and best. He said a tithe of everything belongs to God. It's holy, it's set apart to God. And so I'm giving it 
to God. First Deuteronomy 14, 23, this is what it says. The purpose of tithing is to do what? To teach you to always put God first. So this is what I wanna say. I think it's great that tithing builds churches, that fuels ministry, all of that. Praise God for all of that. We need that, absolutely. But it's not for that. It's to teach us to always put God first. It's to say, God, you have first place in my life. God, I want everything that I do to reflect that, that I am a follower of yours. So I have to ask you, does your life reflect that? Are you giving God the, a tithe of everything that you have? And it's not just a money principle. I'm encouraging you to take this principle of first and apply it to every area of your life. So give him the, the, your first of everything. How do, how do I do that? Well, first of all, give him the first of your year. The first of your year. Uh, that's why beginning next week, we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It starts next Sunday. And the reason we're doing this is for no other reason than to declare as a church, God, you come first. Like before we do anything this year, God, you're first. Before we plan things, before we get ahead of you, before we go anywhere, you know, God, you are our first. We set aside the first part of our year. Because if God doesn't show up, I don't know if you realize this, but if God doesn't show up in 2019, we can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do the job that God has given me to do if I don't put God first in my year. If I don't set this aside, and here's the, the, the reality, you can't do it either. Can I tell you something? You can't be the husband, the father, the mother, the wife, the son, the daughter, the employee, and the employer that God wants you to be if you don't put him first. You just can't do it. It doesn't work apart from him. And I would say if there's such a thing as a secret sauce to this church, it's just this is what we do. At the beginning of the year, we set aside 21 days to say, God, you come first before anything else. And we pray and we fast. And I'm going to invite all of you to be a part of it. Like at some level, in some kind of way, and you're like, I don't know about that whole fasting thing. We're going to have a lot of resources on our website about fasting. Let me give you the, the one-minute version, though, of it. Uh, there are four ways that you can do it. One is a complete fast. That's giving up everything, all food, drinking nothing but water. You're going to get cranky. You need some caffeine. So maybe some coffee in there, maybe some juice in there. But some people will go just straight no food and focus on God. It's, it's dying to something so that you can focus on something else in your life, all right? So that's kind of what it is. That's a complete fast. Um, some of you might want to do a selective fast, which is you're selecting certain things not to eat uh, for those 21 days. You know, it could be I'm not going to, I'm going to stay away from pop or I'm going to stay away from, from sugar or, you know, there's a Daniel fast, if you've heard of that, where it's, it's no meat, sweets, or bread. It's just fruits and veggies for 21 days. And there's scriptural precedence for that and why the 21 days. Uh, it's also, it takes 21 days to form a habit, right, or to break a habit. And so there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. My boys uh, have decided they're doing a selective fast. They're fasting broccoli for the next 21 days, all right? So, <laughs> in fact, they might do it for the next 21 years, all right? That's how committed they are to this fast, and that's how holy they are, but that's a selective fast. Then there's a partial fast, where it's you eat normally, but you just skip a meal. 
And instead of having that meal, you just focus on God. A Jewish fast is from, like, they'll fast from sunup to sundown. They'll eat one meal a day. But the rest of the time, they're just focusing on God. And then I would also add, you could do a soul fast. And which, by the way, not one of these is better or more holy than the other one. You just ask God what he'd have you do. How you can focus best on him. But a soul fast that has nothing to do with food, that's like media. That's like the things that you allow into your mind, right? Into your, into your heart. Maybe some of you need to, you, you decide, I need to fast Facebook. And you're thinking, I'll fast food for 21 days before I fast Facebook, right? <laughs> Maybe you need to fast Facebook. Maybe you need to, you know, cut the TV out, fast that. But that's a soul fast. And again, I'm asking everybody to just play somehow. Like, what would it look like if our church really for the next 21 days, starting next Sunday, really took the opportunity to set aside the, the first of our year and say, God, we declare your first in everything. And I can't wait to see what happens this year if we do that. So that's, that's kind of a, what fasting looks like. So you give them the first of your year. And then jot this down. Give them the first of your month. Give them the first of your month. What does that look like? This is a great um, discipline uh, that has to do with scheduling and budgeting. This is the scheduling and budgeting. At the first of the month, Kristen uh, usually kind of works out our calendar. And she schedules everything out. We sit down and we just make sure that God's at the center of it. All right? And it's easy for us to do. This is kind of our job. Right? So I get that. Uh, but you make sure you schedule. Don't schedule things in your calendar that schedule God out. What do you mean, Colby? I mean, don't schedule in that weekend tournament that effectively schedules God out of your life. Do the tournament. Like, that's fine. Do the tournament, but don't ever make that a priority over God. Like, the last thing God wants to be is an afterthought for your family. Hey, we went and did this tournament, and on the way home from the tournament, we're going to tune in and listen to the, the phenomenal messages of Elevate Church. Now, they are. They're amazing. I know. I get it. Um, <laughs> but don't make God the afterthought. So make sure you schedule him into your month. Make sure you're like, hey, this is priority for us, and let your life reflect that. You can be gone. Go to church somewhere. You know, just make sure that God is first in that. And then also first in your family. Like, don't, don't schedule. You make sure your family knows, you know, that they have a priority in your life as well. And then, honestly, in your finances, in your budget, I don't care, you know, what you think my motivations are for saying this, but it's just this is what God's word outlines for us. So Kristen and I, our first check of the month goes to Elevate Church. Just, we don't even think about it, right? It's just pre-decided that this is what we do. We give God a tithe of, of everything. So make it uh, the first of, of your, your month as well. And then also the first of your week. Make God the first of your week. And by the way, that's what you're doing right now. Like, congratulations, you have perfect attendance in church in 2019. You know, pat yourself on the back. Way to go, seriously. We, we give God the first of our week. Do you know why church moved from a Saturday Sabbath to a Sunday celebration? It, it moved because, uh, one, because of the resurrection of Jesus, but two, because the local church said, hey, let's not, let's not end our week with God. Like, let's begin our week with God. Let's, let's begin our week. Let's get refreshed, you know, and, and give our, our week to God. And so here's what I'm about to say, and this might be the most challenging thing for many of us in this room. All right, today, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. I'm not asking you to give God an hour on Sunday. 
I'm asking you, I'm challenging you to give him the whole day. Like the whole day. Like really take a Sabbath. Like really relax. Really refresh. And I know this is super hard in our culture. This is super hard in the world that we live in. But man, just enjoy God's presence. Enjoy your family. Eat a good meal together. Right? Hang out. Take a walk. What would your life look like if you really did this? Like worshiped and rested. Worshiped and really rested. If you did that for 52 weeks this year, I bet your life would look crazy different. I bet you'd be set up to handle all the challenges that you face in your year and in your life. It's worshiping and it's resting. Like really making a Sabbath out of it, not giving God just, just one day. And here's, here's the promise to you. I bet, I bet you'll get more done in six days with God's help than you ever would in seven days on your own. You know, I bet that, like, you can take that to the bank. Here's the last one, here's the last one. Give God the first of your day, the first of your day. Like, if nothing else, right, roll out of bed and say, God, today's the day you've made. I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it. Like, can you do that? Can you give him 10 seconds of your thoughts? Can you give him 10 seconds of your time? Like, give him the first of your day. In fact, I would say while you're at it, like go ahead in the morning, have your quiet time. You know, get in God's word and, and, and spend time praying and, and, and just listening and being in, in God's presence. Like do it in the morning. You say, Colby, does it have to be in the morning? It doesn't, but there's something powerful about the first. There's something powerful about giving God our first and our, our best and saying, God, this day is yours it belongs to you. What again would your life look like if every day, 365 days, you gave God your first? We call it our first 15. Jot this down. I just want to explain it to you real quickly. But if you gave God your first 15 every, every day for this next uh, year, I promise you, you'd feel stronger. I promise you, you'd be able to face what's ever in front of you. I think you'd look different. I think you'd act different. I think your spirit would, would feel different. You would grow in, in your life. Uh, you might say, Colby, that's pretty tough. Like 15 minutes. Listen, everybody in this room has 15 minutes. If you don't, something's broke, right? We're going to talk about that in week three, by the way. But everybody has 15 minutes. What do those 15 minutes look like, the first 15 minutes? Getting God's word. Five minutes, getting God's word. Like on your, you do a devotional on your phone, on version, some Bible app, go in the one-year Bible. That's my go-to. You know, it gives you an Old Testament, a New Testament, a, a Psalm and a Proverb, and just every day, just read through it. I, I've been reading through the Bible every day for the last, you know, three, four years. It's just, I use my one year, just go through, go through. And it's interesting to see all that God has unfolded in those last three years as you're making notes and marks. And I would say, do it on a paper Bible. Because for me, I don't want to open up my phone first thing in the morning. And I don't want to be tempted to get into emails, get into work, anything like that. So just get in God's word. And then I'd say five minutes in worship. Like this will change your day. Like, like the, the landscape of your thoughts will control the outcome of your day. Like what if you just put one song on? That's five minutes. One song. You pulled up into work like singing, uh, you've not forsaken me. Like, what's that, what's that line go? Not for a minute, 
You know, was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. What would your day look like? I mean, your, your coworkers might think you're crazy, right? But you pulled in there praising God. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And I promise you, your day will be different. And then five minutes in prayer. Five minutes in prayer. Asking God to bless your day. Here's what I've learned. When we give God our first and best, we can expect him to bless the rest. Like we expect him to do it because that's a promise of God's. I don't know how he always does it, but whenever I give God the first of my time, somehow he multiplies my time. I feel like I get more done in the same amount of time. When I give God the first of my finances, he blesses the rest and he multiplies my finances. When I give God the first of my, my thoughts, he seems to bless the rest and multiply those thoughts. Listen, there's nothing like setting aside the first of the year, the first of your month, the first of your week and day and saying, God, I'm gonna honor you with this. And the reality is, if God is in your life, but he's not at the top, you have to question, is he really there? Is he really there? Because he won't take another place, but first place in your life. He wants to be the priority of your life. So let's do this. Would you bow your head, close your eyes. This is a new start to a new year. And we all have a fresh start. We all have a, a clean slate. And if we're being honest, every single one of us in this room, we have some road that we're going down that we shouldn't go down. We have some direction that we're headed, some direction that we repeat. Maybe we've justified it and said we can handle it. I can get close to it and not fall in. But here's the reality. God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to go a different direction. God has something better, something more for your life, immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And that's what he wants from us in, in, in this year. That's what he wants from us for our whole lives, really. But it starts with having a new hope for something better, a hope that God can do more in our life, then go in a new direction, and then forming some new habits. And that first habit, putting God first, is the most important thing that we can do. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, maybe you would recognize today, I haven't done that. Maybe you've, you would say, I've surrendered my life to Jesus in the past. He's definitely not first in my life and in my heart. I'm gonna give you an opportunity in a moment, maybe just to recommit your life to following him. Or maybe you're here for the first time. You understand that, that God thinks you're a priority. So he gave his first for you so that you wouldn't have to pay for your sins, so you wouldn't have to carry shame or guilt. That he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, and then as we return and we, we give our lives to him, he saves us. He sets us free. He gives us this, this full life, this something to, to live for, not just so that one day we can live eternally with him, but for today. We can live a full life in Christ. Maybe that's why you're here today. And the beginning of the year is a great time to once and for all surrender your life to Jesus. And I'm gonna invite both of those groups just to pray this prayer with me. You can pray it out loud. You can whisper it in your heart. God knows your heart. He knows the thoughts that you have in your mind. But the Bible does say as we uh, confess that Jesus is Lord, 
with our mouths and we believe that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. We would have this new beginning, this fresh start as we repent from our sins and trust in Jesus. And so I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that does that. If you'd say, Colby, when you're praying, I'm praying right along with you. This is why I'm here. This is what I need. I invite you right now just to raise your hand wherever you are in this room. No one's looking around, just hold it up high. And this is just your act saying, God, here I am. God, here I am. I'm gonna put you first in every area of my life. I'm committing my life. I'm committing to follow you, Jesus, and make you Lord. That's awesome. Praise God for all of you. Put your hands down. Say something like this. You can use your own words. Jesus, today, I surrender it all. I understand, God, that you want to be first. You gave your first and best, and so I'm going to put you first in my life. Forgive me. I repent from the direction that I've gone, and I'm going towards a new direction, and that's following you. I confess Jesus as Lord. Just say that to him. I confess you as Lord and Savior. And from this moment on, I'm going to trust you and believe that your death forgives my sins. And you're the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Celebrate with those today that started this year out making the best decision of their life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus into your life and accept him as Lord and Savior, we would love to know about it. You can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash yes, and there'll be some practical next steps for you to take along this journey. If you want to commit to feeling the mission and vision of this church to see people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, you can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash give.